This is the emdocs.net podcast with Britt Long and Manny Singh. We bring you high-yield content about what you're seeing every day in the ED. Today on the podcast, we're looking at the second part of our series on post-abortion complications. Let's start with incomplete abortion or retained products of conception. This can be tricky. Patients can present with signs of infection or bleeding. For both of those presentations, there are other items on the differential, so it's not usually a straightforward diagnosis. This is more common in those who undergo a self-induced abortion, an abortion performed by an untrained individual, an abortion performed at a later gestational age, or in patients with uterine anomalies. Remember, the key imaging test in both patients with bleeding and infection was ultrasound, and this is exactly why. We're looking for retained products of conception. If you find retained products or you're suspicious, speak with your OB colleagues. For the patient with severe bleeding or infection, treatment is surgical evacuation of the uterus with suction or dilation and evacuation. The more challenging situation is a patient who underwent a safe abortion and they present several hours after receiving medications. They usually will come in with bleeding. Our job is to figure out if an abortion was completed and then look for complications. We also need to think about ectopic and heterotopic pregnancy. Obtain a CBC, a beta-HCG, and an ultrasound. If the patient is unstable, resuscitate, but most of these patients won't have severe bleeding. They'll have more minor bleeding. We talked about that timeline from when the patient receives medications to when bleeding occurs in part one, and it's usually a couple hours. Loss of the pregnancy almost always occurs three to eight hours after receiving the medications. If the patient presents in that time window, she may not have expelled the pregnancy yet. If the patient presents in that first eight hours and she's well-appearing, she has minimal pain, speak with OB. Many of these patients can be discharged with follow-up. This is the natural course. If they're past eight hours, get an ultrasound. You're looking for a gestational sac or retained products. You're probably going to see debris within the uterus on that ultrasound. That debris is not necessarily confirmation that there's retained products, but if the patient has severe bleeding or there's evidence of infection, that's strongly suggestive of retained products of conception. If you see a gestational sac past eight hours, that's also concerning. Either way, speak with OB. They'll help guide the next steps. If the patient has a reassuring ultrasound, there's no gestational sac, they have normal laboratory results, stable vital signs, and they have a benign exam, you can potentially discharge the patient from the ED with follow-up after you speak with OB. The next complication is trauma due to foreign body insertion. This is more common in unsafe procedures and it's one that we need to be on the lookout for. In unsafe abortions, a severe complication from insertion of a foreign body can affect about 7% of patients. The problem with this is that there are several important structures that can be damaged. Vaginal and cervical lacerations will present with bleeding. We already covered that in part one. The potentially deadly complication is perforation of the uterus or the bowel or the bladder. 
Uterine perforation is the most common upper genital tract injury. It occurs in 0.1 to 2.3% of safe abortions. This rate is much higher in unsafe abortions. Patients with a large perforation can present with bleeding, they might be unstable, they might have fever, chills, and they will probably present with severe abdominal and pelvic pain. A smaller perforation may go undetected for a long time. Ultrasound is going to be your first line imaging modality. You might be able to find defects in the uterine wall, abnormal uterine contents, free fluid within the abdomen, or you may visualize some fetal tissue. If ultrasound is negative, or you're concerned about another complication like bowel perforation, then get the CT. If it's just the uterus that's damaged or perforated, then in most settings, OB will be able to handle this. However, if the bowel or the bladder is perforated, you'll need to speak with urology or general surgery. While that patient is waiting to go to the OR, give them antibiotics, treat their symptoms, and resuscitate them if you need to. Let's move on to chemical burns and drug toxicity. There's a variety of signs and symptoms here, and it all depends on the specific agent. Many of the substances can damage the vaginal area or the uterus, and patients can even have renal or liver toxicity. We're not going to go over all the individual substances. We're going to focus on misoprostol. Misoprostol toxicity is very rare in safe abortions, but it's much more common in unsafe abortions. Many patients will look for medications on the internet, but there's no healthcare oversight of these medications. Many of these online products that claim to be misoprostol are not regulated and they can contain other toxic substances. Symptoms from toxicity really come back to what misoprostol is. This is a prostaglandin E analog. The typical dose used in safe abortions is anywhere between 200 to 1,000 micrograms. This depends on the route. This dose might cause some minor side effects like low-grade fever, maybe some chills, patients can have abdominal cramping or nausea, maybe some vomiting and diarrhea. However, these symptoms usually improve fairly quickly. Toxic doses are in the 3 to 8 milligram range. These patients will have severe GI issues, significant vomiting and diarrhea, they can have high fevers, rigors and chills, they can also have some other issues like severe myalgias due to rhabdomyolysis, they can be altered, they may even be hypoxic, bradycardic, and hypotensive. Doses reaching the 12 milligram range can result in multi-organ failure and death. Symptoms develop very quickly after ingestion. The medication is completely absorbed from the stomach within 90 minutes. Treatment includes removing any remaining tablets from the vaginal canal or the stomach, provides symptomatic care, and then also provides supportive care. Patients with hypotension will need IV fluids, and they may need vasopressors. Most symptoms will resolve around 12 hours. The last complication is amniotic fluid embolism. This is very rare. This is basically an abnormal maternal inflammatory response after exposure to some fetal tissue. Patients can present with a range of symptoms. They may include hypotension, shortness of breath, hypoxia, pulmonary edema, coagulopathy, and then sudden cardiovascular collapse. Treatment primarily includes maintaining cardiovascular function, 
provide supplemental oxygen, intubate the patient if you need to, and then manage any coagulopathy and bleeding. In summary, safe abortions are just that. They're fairly safe. However, patients who undergo an unsafe abortion can have significant rates of morbidity and even mortality. A thorough history and exam are essential. Make sure to perform a good bimanual and speculum exam because that will help guide your further evaluation and your management. In many situations, ultrasound is going to be a key evaluation to look for retained products or a significant amount of blood within the uterus. The most common complications include bleeding and infection. Also be on the lookout for retained products of conception, trauma which is usually due to insertion of a foreign body, chemical burns and drug toxicity, especially with misoprostol, and then finally amniotic fluid embolism. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. 